0: So
1: Welcome to Sonic Talk number two hundred and ninety. Recording today live on Wednesday, the seventh of November, two thousand and twelve. Uh, today is the aftermath of the U.S. presidential elections, which, um, give, well, whatever your preferences, has uh, has been outcome. So, um, I'm glad that's over because it was getting a bit dull to watch, frankly. But there we go. Uh, and and uh, congratulations to, and commiserations in equal measures to. To you, depending on how you felt about it. So, uh, welcome, Sonic Talk number 290. Gosh, 10 episodes. So, we're going to have, gosh, we're going to get episode 300 in by Christmas, maybe, just about. Uh-oh. It might be about Nam time. I'll have to actually check the diary. Anyway, uh, let's say hello to our participants. Uh, Oh, one thing, of course, um, if you're watching live or you haven't ever watched live, you're watching this on YouTube or listening, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm UK time, uh, video stream and chat room so you can, um, you know, watch it. And also, if you watch the live stream, you get to see the stuff that uh, I edit out, which isn't very much, I must say. Just just because I've got such a well-behaved panel, and I'm going to start with Dave Spears from G4 Software in the well-behaved state. In a, what looks like there's something—is that a window, Dave? What the hell's going on?
2: Yes, yes. There's two windows in here.
1: It's amazing.
2: It's like I get distracted now with all. These you can hear birdsong and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and this sort of weird sky thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of it's very strange, but I think it's going to help me. Um, Come on, photosynthesis.
1: Ah, right. So you're going to um, all um, your all your organi- all your organic bits are going to start sprouting. <laughs> Does that mean you'll, yeah, you'll grow more hair. And then
2: ultimately, <laughs> I'm going from a place with two windows to one massive window in front of me, oh, but that's at least so. six really... months away. So, But, yeah, well, as you can see, I'm ensconced, and I've got
1: a basic setup, and I'm very happy. Congratulations. And it's good to see I can see the uh, ARP 2600 and the Synthi AKS behind you there in uh, pride yeah. of place. Very nice. Thank you very much for um, – well, thanks for, thanks for getting it sorted out in time for the next show. I appreciate it. Anyway, um, let's now <laughs> go on to the uh, our next participant, right? Uh, Gaz Williams over there in um, in Bristol is a songwriter, uh, bass player, producer, mastering engineer, and all generally sort of um, man about town. How are you, Gaz?
0: I'm good. My website is up, uh, uh, so at songsurgeon.co.uk. Although it's in it's unoptimized at the moment, but disarray. <laughs> well. Not not
1: that. I'm sure it's fine. In fact, I would just like to plug our new website. There we go. Oh no, that's not it. That's Ooh. somebody else's. Oh, uh, mine's gone. Test at sonicstate.com was the was the low was it for testing, and then hopefully that will be live very soon. Uh, I switched that image off. Uh, anyway, Gaz, um, thank you very much for joining us. Does that mean I should change your uh, lower third to reflect um, songsurgeon.co.uk, or are you happy with uh, maybe both? Uh, both, yeah. I'll try. I'll try that. I promise. Uh, we're, and,
0: we're- yeah would we'll be good okay
1: and finally we have mr mark tinley over there in uh, the east of england um mark tinley there's sporting Hello. some new headgear um oh, the chat room was wondering cold, whether or not it? it's very yeah no i've been wearing a hat too i in fact i in, in solidarity i can uh, i'll put mine on too but i'll, I'll take it off because i've got a black background so it just makes me look headless
3: but no one, will, no one will accuse us of being... Um, brothers. ...Long <laughs> uh, and Hardy this week, will they? Well, talking of brothers, I want you to change my lower third down there so that it says Adamski's brother, because last uh, on Saturday I went to see my brother's band, which is absolutely brilliant. He's doing this yep. new project called Neo Waltz, and I want to rant about it a lot.
1: <laughs> ah, yes, I've been watching um, his tweets and uh, Facebook posts. Uh, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about it Um at some but point, he's
3: just, I don't know how he's done it. He's just taken four-four timing, all this four-on-the-floor stuff that we've been listening to since like the late 80s, and I'm thoroughly bored of. And he's somehow managing to put stuff over threes, but still <laughs> make it sound plausible. And and me and Mr. Monday were standing in the in the audience, going like, "How has he done this?" And we were going like, "Those time signature." all those time uh, increments in between the beats just don't quite make sense, but somehow it sounds right, but somehow it's, you know as a musician that there's something gone really wrong there, but at the same time... Oh, was is he time, doing
1: three, four arrangements of uh, popular dance classics?
3: He's doing, yeah, all sorts of things, so like, I, I heard right the rhythm, but it was going over one, two, three, one, two, three, and how the hell he's done that, I don't I know, fours but... and
1: threes, 12 bar cycles, I don't know, gosh
3: well no it kind of wasn't but that, that's the weird thing i, I need to go and look where can where
1: where can animal. people where can people um see that
3: Well, he's going to um do another show at chat's palace in hackney which is, is in anywhere, anywhere in the
1: meantime people can hear it
3: yes neowaltz.com neowaltz.com -waltz.com yeah all right okay well thanks
1: very much for that mark we will we will direct people there in the show notes. Um, let's start then. Um, what's first? Uh, oh yeah, this was something that um, that Dave sent, and I hope that everybody did get to see it because uh, um, otherwise you'll be a bit lost. That's bonkers, isn't it? That's really that's uh, something called Dennis P. Paul, who has. He looks like he's a teenage engineer. It's all shot in that kind of teenage engineering, with kind of that beautiful form and function. And uh, he says this is a serious musical instrument. It rotates. Well, uh, let me show you there. It rotates um, everything. Everyday instruments, everyday object surfaces scans their surfaces and transforms them into audible frequencies. Um, I'm not quite sure how he gets them in time. I'm guessing presumably the motor that drives it must be in time with the temper of the loop or something. Perhaps one of you can, uh, can um, decipher that for me. But uh, Dave Spears, you sent this through, so uh, you get to comment first. Uh,
2: actually, I was given this yesterday by the lad that I've been using to help me lug stuff around. The lad that I've been using to save my back. Uh huh. And he went, look at this. And I thought... That's brilliant. It's like a sort of barbecue spit roast thing, except it makes sound. And perhaps if you made a giant one and put a pig on it and did that, it would make a <laughs> even more, an even more interesting sound. No, I just can't. I was like, I like this. I like this a lot. It's completely bonkers. It is just
1: completely insane. I like the fact, no, it is a serious musical instrument. Look. And yeah. uh, and and it's uh, it's sort of an interesting idea. I mean, I, I would have perhaps gone for some other tones, but... Uh, there's some great, just amusing ideas <laughs> of scanning thing. stuff. <clears throat> but it's got that sort of Scandinavian sensibility, hasn't it? And it's good to see a bit of Lego in there as well. I think you can spot I that.
2: was very impressed by it and just thought, "Yep, yeah, want, want this.
1: What do you want to scan then, Gaz? What do you think would sound good?
0: Oh, I mean, what, what would be the criteria? The more kind of ridges and bumps that would have...
1: I don't yeah I suppose I don't really know to be honest I mean it just seems like a it's a very fun thing. Um <clears throat> it's uh, built from aluminium tubes just to uh to co- quickly give you a bit of a background uh white pom I don't know what that is black acrylic glass high precision distance measuring laser uh a custom program translator and controller module written in processing transforms the measured distance value into audible frequencies, notes, and scales, and also precisely controls the stepper motor speed, yes, there we go, to sync with other instruments and musicians. So I suppose as a performance thing, it could be quite interesting. I do like Dave's idea of uh, maybe putting uh, a roasting pig
0: on it. it, (laughs) still alive. (laughs)
1: No, that's harsh. (laughs) What's the matter with you, man? This daylight's gone to your head. (laughs) Or somewhere. Your stomach, perhaps.
0: (laughs) But I would Uh, change... It would change as more people at the hog roast, then you would sort of the music would change over the... That, that's quite a nice idea. <laughs> that's just bizarre. You can imagine it some really posh
2: English yeah. festival, couldn't you? Like sort of Henry Regatta or somewhere like that.
3: <laughs> You'd listen you to the to tune as the pig gets eaten.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, interesting. I mean, the place where you get those <clears throat> hog roasts, the place where you get those hog roasts is those steam, so you need to link it up to the. Steam organ and they're nearly oh, always MIDI yeah. controlled, aren't they? So you just run a MIDI cable out the steam <laughs> organ into the hog roast, and then as people cut more off the hog roast, you get like you know, the the music changes.
0: <laughs> oh, that wasn't speaking of. Is it a Calliope? I don't know how you say. A Calliope. It. Yeah, I think so. I, I think actually,
1: what you should be talking about is should as people eat the hog roast, it should just get faster. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or higher in pitch,
1: yeah, something like that, just so the whole thing winds up until finally you're just left with a sort of really high speed whizzing. It's like, or maybe you could, uh,
0: maybe maybe they, they could sell it to local kebab shops. I, I was wondering about the calliope though, is, is are they do they ever turn up then as like midi with midi controlled sort of calliope? Then I have like, no idea because it's a very peculiar,
3: you sound. mean the steam organ thing? No, calliope steam, is uh... Uh, it would be um, it would
0: be like sort of like the thing that would make the music when there's a kind of uh, a, a merry-go-round or um,
3: yeah what? yeah uh, but the, the, well the steam ones are definitely midi oh, controlled sorry. if you go the to steam a steam fair
0: yeah the steam ones yeah that's right yeah they, I think
3: they're... yeah so if you go to a steam fair they're control they used to be controlled by paper and uh, and things with lip, like paper punch kind of cut out things. yeah but now they have a midi box running them so they have all of their music on MIDI file, and they just run MIDI into the machine, and it's all controlled with MIDI. So. Oh, that's funny.
1: I wonder what they use. That's really funny, because every time I go to the fair now, I always see just that all the people on the waltzes and stuff have uh, SP303s little kind of groove boxes with pads on them that just sort of play, hold tight now, come along, nearly ready. <laughs> and, and they just sort of press buttons to kind of trigger oh, these. Oh, the Rolls Royce to dots. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And so the whole, that is yeah. interesting how music technology has just completely transformed the uh, the, well, car- the carnival <laughs> circuit.
0: I was kind of thinking of going the other way and playing modern dance hits on a calliope.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's possible. Okay.
2: You can with some synthesizers, can't you? I think the synthesizer ruined the Calliope, didn't it? The Calliope D50 preset just kind of trashed the original instrument. No synthesis wants to go anywhere near that sound now. <laughs> really.
3: You could turn up with your own music on a three and a half inch floppy disk, and you could um, you could feed it into their into their thing and try it out.
1: I could just imagine the uh, the conversation you'd be having with the uh, travelling person um, carnival staff. No, no, I've got it <laughs> on a USB stick. It's okay. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps not.
3: There's probably a market for it though, isn't there? I mean you could have like the latest Rihanna track or something. Oh, I've right. got a couple of ideas for this hog roasting. I've, I've got, got like here is like a square dish. So this is like four on the floor, okay? So that's your traditional dance beat. <laughs> spin that round. And then we've got these lovely um we've got these lovely bowls at home here for like dessert, which is uh triangular. So that That'd would work be fr- for for Adam's waltz, we could connect that to his sequencer. Now, why is that not going in shot? There you go.
1: Ah, so, so nice and also if you...
3: dish. so, that would be like three, four, wouldn't it? And <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that's just priceless, Mark. I think I think you're, you've got the beginnings of something there. Maybe that's maybe that's how he actually came up with the concept. Uh, probably, <laughs> it's probably you know it's just undoubtedly anyway that was kind of fun um that's uh dennis de, dennis paul dennis p paul dot de uh, an instrument instrument for the sonification of everyday things oh, i've got a bit of a frog in my throat today i don't know where that came from I haven't been eating anything um frog-like right next ah yes now this is really cool this is something we saved from last week uh, for Rich, um, but I was in contact with Rich yesterday, and he was in the aftermath of the uh, Hurricane Sandy and only got his electricity back on yesterday, which means that he, uh, he couldn't really join us.
4: Um, he's got work to do because he's a had a lot of time off. Anyway, check this out. All of our existing customers can download and install this update, and it'll be shipping in all new units. The Minotaur can now store 100 presets right inside the unit. You can unplug it, take it away from the computer, take it on stage, and all of your presets will be there. And in addition, the Minotaur Editor version 2 allows you unprecedented new control for loading those presets into the memory of the Minotaur, arranging and organizing them. In the new Minotaur Editor version 2, we have a redesigned presets panel. You can easily preview all the presets just by clicking on them, and that loads the sound to the panel. And if you want to load the preset into the hardware, you just pick a hardware destination and click to load the sound in there. And it's stored in the memory. You can power off and take the sounds with you. When you're away from the computer, there's a quick way to change presets directly from the panel. You hold down the glide button and press the oscillator 1 or oscillator 2 buttons to scroll up and down through the presets. And at any time, you can hold down glide and press both oscillators 1 and 2. And that'll take you back to the real panel setting. So you can always, in a moment, jump back to what the panel is actually doing, or from there, jump through to your presets. Let me just fast forward here a little bit because there's another an, new feature that we gate input. What's interesting is now you can, can also controlling <coughs> oscillator two frequency on the Minotaur. So you get a sound like
1: MIDI this. controllers to, to control voltages, which also means that you can take control voltages and map them to MIDI, which is a really interesting concept. And this was the thing that Rich got very excited about. This is obviously Mi- Minotaur version 2 software. Um, it's basically, you know, we've got the analog guts of the Minotaur, which I, I reviewed a while ago, and uh, and now it's this version 2 update. So it sort of really does open things up quite a bit. And the idea of being able to take a CV control and then turn that into MIDI it's usually the other way around. We don't see that so much. I don't know, Dave, I, I was, I, one thing that I was kind of intrigued with is what, what would you or what could you use it for? I mean, what would be the kind of something that would, that would make sense? I suppose you get, you, get high, would you get higher resolution control. I suppose you wouldn't because you'd have interpolation between the CV and the 128 steps of the controller, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. But honestly, anything that this does would be great. I mean that was the thing that kind of most got me about this. I mean I like I like Abos's demos at the best of times, and uh, but for me I was like oh 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 this because you could map it to pretty much anything. And um, what's the, the example he gave was with a filter, wasn't it? Enabled. Yeah. And that was the LFO controlling the filter, and it was and it was great. I mean and the fact that you've got this kind of tactile control once you've mapped a knob. Um, to a MIDI parameter, again, brilliant. It's what we all love, absolutely love.
1: Do you think this is the beginning of something that actually, the, the the germination of a seed that might actually bring us closer to this sort of idea of a universal control of software that we can then, you know, because this is the thing we, we banged on about, you know, ever since the podcast started. It's just, it's just yet another way of utilising your stuff. I mean, what would be great is to take, you know, a bunch of functions out of like an ARP 2600 or whatever synth stuff you've got or modular stuff and turn that into some kind of MIDI stuff. That would be uh, be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it would be amazing. I mean, obviously, you've got to have the output from the instrument in the first place, haven't you? But I would love this idea to really, really catch on. I mean, for me, I was just kind of like... Would, there were a couple of things about this. First of all, it, I had to watch it a couple of times, actually, because I spent quite a long time focusing on the wall behind Amos, <laughs> going, hmm, they look nice, all of those things. Um, and there were a couple of other things that made me giggle a little bit, which was the uh, stepping through the presets and whatnot. It reminded me of a gig that I had a million years ago. Dealing with a load of engineers who were kind of going, oh yeah, it can do all of this, but in order to turn it on, you have to stand on one leg, press three buttons and then push this one behind. There was an element of that. there, But I mean, as an instrument, I think it sounds great. You were you the only person I think I've ever met who's had reservations about this and wasn't that <laughs> down to the lack of noise?
1: Um, it was, um, yes, there was no noise. I don't think it was just that, because that's common on, uh, that's not, Minotaur's not the only thing that doesn't have noise. I think the Slim Fatty doesn't have noise source either. Or is it the Little Fatty? I forget which one. I know there's one that doesn't as well. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was that, um, I think it was because it just had a minimum amount of waveforms, but actually there's some, something about the, um, OS2, which allows you to change the intervals of the oscillators. More effectively because you couldn't do that. Uh, you couldn't. You couldn't do that by, more, by, by anything other than octaves or a small detune amount. I, ah, if I recall, okay. and now you can actually bend one of them sort of wide out of the place. I can't. But um, and I think I think that was possibly one of the things. But there are some. There's lots of features that are pretty cool in it, as well.
2: Yeah. No. Very impressed. Very impressed. And this whole version two thing. Is just such a such a cool step
1: up. Of course, there's um, there's more stuff. There's the Akai. Uh, oh gosh, what's it called? It's the um, MX Max Forty Nine, which has got CV outs. So that's presumably going to be open up open it up even more. I don't know if it's got CV ins as well. I'd have to check that. I think it, maybe it'll do both directions. I don't know, Gaz. I mean, I know uh, you are you you probably don't operate so much in the world of CV and gate. Um, but
0: no, but I actually. The reason I was a little bit late coming to the show today was I've just been working with a band uh, we have just been in the charts called uh, The Other Tribe. And uh, we've actually, we're just looking at um, uh, MIDI, midi bass uh, triggering and looking, they've, on their album, they're just using massive for all the bass sounds. So we've just been looking at options to recreate that and looking at how the triggering what the latency's like of the triggering with the keyboard. Uh, sorry, using massive... Um, from the bass. From the bass. And, right. and also using the, the GR55 unit that I've got here to try and find a similar kind of sound. But you then,
3: just need to put thinner strings on the bass and put the whole thing an octave up. <laughs> that's an so, idea. No, I'm serious. Is, that's is what that, that's,
0: that was the plan, is to get a, a piccolo yeah. bass, which is an octave, octave higher for that precise reason yeah so yeah yeah absolutely well yeah completely right yeah so uh, a bit of
1: lateral thinking there mark nice idea uh
0: but i was just thinking about this minotaur though and just thinking that that might be the thing for them to go for and you know play i think that would be you know as a synthesizer it is a it is geared around being a bass synth isn't it so i think that the omissions that you're talking about i think when you're talking about it for playing bass lines
1: well yes but when we're talking it's it's a bass synthesizer in the old school form of you know uh, a, a, a taurus i mean but yeah. nowadays you know the sort of i mean as everybody seems to want a bass sound that sounds like a didgeridoo it won't really do that you know it won't, <laughs> it won't do that Well, it will do the wub, but it won't do the scream and that side of things you know that's and i, I actually that's something it's a revelation that came to me i was just listening to a load of uh, i think i was listening to a uh 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 a dubstep compilation and it just everything sounded exactly the same it was really surprised I, I was sort of shocked because when i first started listening to that kind of stuff it was really kind of innovative and interesting but it all just sounds like there's a an electronic didgeridoo player on it on all of it and it's just <laughs> yeah, it's, a
0: bit it's, it's, it's reached it has reached that stage that particular music genre hasn't it now yeah. you know the, the the mini nova come out with a dubstep genre on there we <laughs> before. So once once a music form has reached that yeah.
1: Once it's been stenciled onto something, yeah, then, yeah. then it's all over. Yeah,
3: then it's yeah. time to go somewhere else. Yeah.
1: I wonder where they'll go. I'll be interested. Neo not...
3: Waltz. They have to go to Neo, Neo Waltz. Waltz. <laughs> okay, Mark. No, I'm serious. I do think it's a, a, a viable next step movement. Well, but great. that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I,
0: it's funny. I'm going to have to check out that Neo Waltz. When I was in Japan, there was a guy DJing some crazy stuff that was in 3, 4 and the audience was going wild for it. So I wondered how similar that would be. But, yeah, I think that's... uh, Didn't see that one coming, but, you know, I think you're right. I think there's going to be some 3-4 revolution.
1: So, Mark, um, got any kind of uh, thrilling uses for this uh, CV to to
3: MIDI? I mean, I've always liked CV-controlled things, and and there's something about uh, the slight instability of electricity that makes those kind of synthesizers much more interesting than the digital ones so I love the idea of having uh, that kind of control over MIDI parameters because then it means that you're going to kind of put uh, variances into things that aren't going to work and you know like when people program variances in they never quite work because they always seem to follow patterns and they're never quite or random enough or they don't quite slew off enough in a in a natural kind of way so i do think it it could be like a really cool thing i'm a bit i hadn't noticed the lack of noise though i think that's a real omission on a synthesizer well, i think I, these days it, it is big, actually because that.
1: that's such a big it is actually quite a big uh, factor in but, a lot of sounds
3: but i mean i kind of watched the the beginning of that video and i thought i oh, yeah, another moog and i kind of moog sorry Got halfway through it, and then he started talking about that CV to MIDI uh, thing. And then it's that's when my ears bricked up, and I started thinking about all the possibilities that that could uh, create. And then that's when it sort of started to sound a bit more exciting, really.
1: It's interesting though, because um, when I was talking to um, Martin Ware, Heaven 17, which uh, I posted the video on Monday of that, of the chat I had with him, and we're talking, and he was talking about CV just being so so tight you know and the, he, he said that when he was not, excellent name drop when he was in vince clark's studio working on the uh that they they had a bit of, bit of experiment they put a, um, a cv triggered bass drum against a midi triggered bass drum and the midi one was just all over the place and he, you know that's basically why um it was so goddamn funky is where his exact words because it was so tight and i think there's yeah. there, there's obviously some more to it than perhaps Perhaps we've kind of given credit to But isn't? that
3: also, that probably also would have been around the time of samplers, and that would depend not just on the MIDI, but on the sampler. Because I had one of those Roland S770 samplers, and you could put a, a 16th hi hat out of output number one, and a kick drum out of number two, and a snare out of number three. And by the time you had a whole load of stuff running, if you soloed a hi hat, it just sounded like something just. <laughs> You know, well, it sounded like something playing on that spinning spit that wasn't in any way, shape, or form <laughs> symmetrical. So um, I'd I'd think that's just not sixteenths anymore. It was just doing something of its of its own accord. So it's it interesting. I mean, I wonder how you uh, processing. I, I interested... personally, sorry, carry personally on. Personally, think that Pro Tools is like rock solid tight now. If you put something on the grid in Pro Tools, so if I take kick drums, analog kicks, say, and I put them on a
1: in on audio grid on
3: track one, and then I put the snare on track two and stuff. I mean, you've only got to listen to things like uh, that. No doubt, so is it Hella good? I think the beginning right. of that song is just so tight, and it stays like that throughout the whole track. So, you know, I And that's uh, why well, you're, you're talking about quantizing
1: audio rather than MIDI, yeah?
3: Yeah, quantizing audio and putting it on the grid, but hmm. that does go wrong sometimes. But if you have a fast enough machine, I think it's tight.
1: I was and wondering. I'm wondering about how do you implement swing in CV? Do you know, Dave? I mean, I'm guessing you might have come across that.
2: Is uh, yeah, it possible?
1: Can, yes,
2: it is possible. And, oh, God, I haven't got the oh, sequencer here, but there is a... Um, oh, God, it's completely gone from my head. Um, there is There is a slider on there, which will give you some swing. And it's... I would imagine it's like a kind of you take the waveform and you just, like a pulse.
1: Ah, yeah, so it's a pulse width of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know it's possible. I'm just curious, you know, mathematically what you have to do because, I mean, presumably you could emulate that by plugging a bunch of stuff up into some LFO modules and, you know, do you see what I mean? And and just kind of doing it in modular form, what's going on under the hood. And that would make it really tight. And then maybe, you know, using something along the lines of the, the Minotaur or maybe something which has more channels, you could then do your kick snare hat in C V and absolutely bang in, you know, bang on time. Yeah, hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I seem
3: I seem to remember in Drum Machine speak that when you divide everything up into sixteens, the in the Roland TR909, you've got four different grooves, haven't you? So you can start to implement different degrees of swing by Uh, clicking on those grooves and they relate to like if if it was a swing beat so you'd got it added up to 24 and you had 16 8 then the next step would be like 15 9 and then 14 10 and then 13 11 i think
1: i think that's right
3: so it just break it it makes the first beat faster and the second one. We got a couple of uh, a,
1: a couple of people in the chat room. Uh, mechanic says uh, four millisecond rotating clock divider and also slew sample and hold or ed duty cycle of a pulse wave, which I think oh, is you what go. you were saying, Dave, isn't yeah, it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Interesting idea. I mean I'd like to experiment with that, but maybe maybe, you know, if we get more of this stuff, then we can start to really kind of get the uh beats nailed in that way and and that's and i i'm guessing that's uh, as as redwood says that's why the mpc was so popular because it got it was just bang on and the lin as well just absolutely bang on there was just it was just pure maths no no grooviness i mean although the quantizers were agree but yeah interesting idea i'd be very uh, cool to see some more of this come out i'm gonna hopefully i'll get hold of one of the max 49s and maybe i can experiment with that and uh, i've obviously done the minotaur and it's no longer here so i can't i can't bring it back in that sense but um, before we get on to anything else uh, it's time to have a word from our sponsor oh
3: can, oh, can i just oh no. say something before yes, you do that do that then, before Mark. you do the word from the sponsors as you've mentioned red walks let's do birthdays so yesterday it was Red, Walk, Red Walk's birthday.
1: Woohoo! Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Red Walks! Birthday, and yes. tomorrow
3: is Rich Hilton's birthday. Woo!
1: Happy birthday, to
3: Rich! Woohoo!
1: <laughs> oh yeah, happy birthday, Rich! And I'm glad to know that uh, you've got power and uh, you're you're able to move around and because and, I I know that is. It was quite a lot of damage going on in that neck of the woods in terms of uh, Hurricane Sandy. And, and, and by the sounds of it, the crews weren't really all that prepared for the uh, aftermath and it took a long time to get things sorted out. So happy birthday, Red Walks, and happy birthday, Rich. Uh, and here we go. At some point in the future. Here we we'll, here we go. This is... Uh, uh, a note from our sponsor, this is Yamaha. A world of applications. They have so many new apps, well, current apps, 20 plus apps in the iOS domain. Uh, we've reviewed a couple of them on Sonic Touch Uh, there are these uh, performance and play uh, systems, we've got ARP, keyboard, drum app, there's also the synthesizer synth ARP and drum app which has had an upgrade recently uh, which gives you all sorts of sounds and you can kind of create patterns and what have you in the box without interfacing with external kit but then uh, Fader's XY pad that sort of thing, it will interface with your Motif XS, XF Mox, S90X, S70XS Motif XS and Rack XS and give you kind of performance control and edit control over the various different multi timbal parts and the, the levels and the EQ and the effects and the balances and all that kind of stuff so that's actually really handy uh, to sort of get in especially if they've got if you're using something like the S90X which has a very small screen you can access a lot of the parameters in a very visual form. There's also setlist organiser which was something that uh, we also covered in Sonic Touch which I very much enjoyed. Uh, that enables you to send out MIDI program changes out to external MIDI kit and also have notation for your song. So you can send out back changes and change all the stuff. Use it as the kind of control center for your program changes if you haven't got one of those MIDI keyboards. Anyway, go and check them out at the App Store or uk.yamaha.com and we thank them very much for their continued sponsorship of the show. Right, um, next one up. Uh, this uh, I thought was pretty awesome as well. This is from our friends over at Future Music, who are in the same town as us, and this is an interview they did. Um, mostly Robot, the kind of controller is super group that was put together for Native Instruments to so- showcase their hardware. At least that's what right, I think. XR, uh, this is at Sonar. Um, they did a performance there, this and this is setup. them. in it looks I'm what looks like a squash court.
0: Some live beats. And this
1: was what was amazing up, about this is, is in them up, uh, we'll get in past the action, introduction. Is, is just the vocals, complexity and, and the customization the, of like his. And massive. Amazing setup. So what he does basically is he's built this whole thing out of disparate. There's some BCF uh, Beringer BCF stuff, uh, BCR uh, mini controls, which are dirt cheap and they give you lots of control. But the whole thing's been built in Reactor. Which he says took him a couple of years. I, I think he's going to actually mention it in a minute, and uh, then I can stop pre-wheeling over the so music bed. That is there actually,
3: we go. It, all, it all runs
0: in Reactor. Um, I programmed it in Reactor myself. It took me about two years. Um, wow. Uh, so all these controllers are just going into Reactor and controlling it, so none of these are actually, like, making any sound themselves, and they're not plugging into anything else but Reactor. So, basically, I've got... It all kind of revolves around a looper here... <laughs> So the loops kind of come in here like that.
1: I like the fact that he's got the the LEDs kind of working as vus on the on the rotaries that's amazing i've never seen that before i'm not going to play too much more because i don't really want to get into trouble with the future publishing group and have them take this down off youtube but um once again a brilliant bit of sort of behind the scenes video from them so uh, do check out a lot of their other stuff um i suppose i'm trying to uh, make it all right that we played it in some way which i'm sure it will um be but, uh, but this is astonishing i mean can you uh, Dave Spears. I mean, just but the the idea that he's just built that whole thing in reactor and this this sort of custom just setup of control. I just think it's amazing. He seems like, he seems like a very talented fellow, and he looks an awful lot like the uh, Olympic gold um, yachtsman Ben Ainsley. Just that. Huh. <laughs> Not that that's got anything to do with anything. What do you think? Cool.
2: Very, very cool. In fact, I did have to play that at least twice to grasp kind of what was going on i was like wow 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 i mean the fact that it took him two years but yeah i mean what else can i say really brilliant and the little bit at the end where he does the voice the vocoder thing and starts taking that off into another dimension that kind of grabbed me very talented yeah
1: brilliant. i mean obviously he because he's got not only that but he's also got this system where he uh, does online jams uh, i think i've got it here uh, where you uh, you can sort of upload sounds, and he puts, and the clips go onto his launch pad. So you upload it here via SoundCloud. He's obviously got some scripting where it just downloads it to his machine and then sticks it on a button on his launch pad, and it becomes part of his le- part of the sounds that he can use in an online jam. His next online jam is uh, Tuesday, the 15th of November, oh, wow. 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, and he performs this from his studio on the left. I mean, just astonishing, really. And Mark, I know, I'm, Mark, I'm getting the sense that you appreciated this. Uh,
3: well, I d- Yeah, well. I mean, many years ago, I was in a band with my brother, and I was dubbed the sampling champion of the universe, because we had two singers, and I just used to take everything, a feed of everything, stick it through a whole load of samplers, and then re-trigger it off from a set of pads, but it was like nothing compared to it i want to hand my title over to this man actually. yeah
1: it's amazing isn't it I mean,
3: absolutely extraordinary but i but one of the things that i felt was lacking was that the sound source was just him doing something into a microphone and i sort of thought well why why aren't you pulling sound sources out from other places so if the back i don't know if they they don't really have a singer do they but if they no, have they a do pre-
0: they've got um they've he got takes- Oh,
3: yeah. sorry. He takes
0: the sound source from all the other band members.
3: Yeah, he
1: does. He takes it yeah, from wherever, okay. wherever he but can.
3: That, but what you've just shown me with the with being able to upload things to his
1: oh yeah, that's that's band, pretty cool.
3: him doing a live uh, thing online. I've got to go and watch that because that yeah. looks really interesting. I really like, want to see that as so well. Some interesting sounds and see how he you know just see how he does that. And I hadn't really noticed the reactor screen either. I mean, when I watched the um. I'd uh, let's call it documentary. When I w- watched that uh, and through I didn't really see that screen when we watched it through just now and I yeah, saw the complexity <laughs> of uh, the connections on his screen it's just like oh my god I mean to like think that all through and track that all through and then to be able to use it to perform things it's really extraordinary actually. Really That's what
2: took the 2 years. Yeah. Where do I put this? Oh. Well,
1: I mean no Well, it's interesting uh, I um in the chat room I think it was uh, Flux 302 uh, was saying well, bit pre-show because I was just playing a bit of this stuff pre-show he's built a lot of ensembles obviously um, he's built those instruments the, the finger and the mouth are his you know they're essentially kind of compiled reactor instruments so he's a very talented programmer oh, right. as well but um, you know and, and it was interesting Flux 302 said that you know if you've got reactor the way that you kind of he, he treats it like crate digging so he finds out who designed it, who collaborated on it, who did the user user interface before he'll bother loading it and see if it's worth doing. So, you know, he knows who's worked on something in terms of Reactor stuff. And obviously Tim is a very... uh... Well, I think he's quite prolific in that department. He's got quite a lot of ensembles on there, so he must be kind of—I mean—love to see a, a a reactor masterclass from somebody like him and be amazing. And I would like to get reactor, but it does scare the hell out of me that I, perhaps if I did, uh, the podcast would be over. There'd be no, more, <laughs> there'd be no more Sonic <laughs> work. I'd just be sat here, kind of like just you know, just doing things that probably will never get me anywhere apart from further and further down the rabbit hole. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Have you got reactor, Gaz? Or have you? I mean, I know we've talked about it a lot. I mean, have you tried any of Tim Exile's stuff? I have,
0: yeah. Um, uh, The Finger, I've used that quite a bit, and that's great fun. Uh, And, you know, I think he's a really cool guy. I mean, when he does his videos, he's he's a very humorous fella, isn't he? He uses humor a lot, and I really like seeing that because, you know, he kind of brings quite a human element into what he does. But I think... um, when I've tried to build things myself, not necessarily in Reactor, but, um, like I've built some quite complex stuff using Ableton Live as a, you can use Ableton in almost like a kind of modular synth way, in know, in, in some respects. And, um,
1: well now you've got Max, uh, built into it as well. Especially,
0: I mean. So, especially so, but, uh, even still just using it as a sort of a hub for various things going on. Um, it does get quite complex but you know when you've built it yourself and you're on top of it and you you know and you've grown it from one place yourself then you know for someone coming in and seeing that the completed thing or you know it's going to be overwhelming and people will not understand but when you've done it yourself and you've built it up you know and and that's what he's done obviously um uh, I, i think it's quite interesting it's like when you see someone who's amazing with his guitar pedals and the guitar pedals is, you know, and he constantly changed between things. Uh, the problem I've got though with stuff is I constantly chopping and changing, chopping and changing, and I never stick with something long enough to, um, to, you know, to, to get, to get that deeper. Yeah. Master, isn't it? Master, yeah. Isn't it? Master. Well, the,
1: yeah. I mean, the thing about this is, you know, what's amazing about this whole kind of thing is that he is, in fact, just built the instrument he wants in reactor and presumably he's tweaking it constantly and that's what he's touring he's taking his instrument with him i mean it does lots of things that you know you could say well live will do this or you know other things will do that but this is actually you know he's made it himself it's just when you watch yeah, that yeah. yeah he just
0: goes everywhere to reach for you know what he he just knows where everything is because he's built it himself and that's that's quite inspiring Well, i
1: suppose that's the live performance maybe that's one of the reasons why he does his uh uh, Tim Exiles on stage thing. If I go back to that, uh, maybe that's why he does it. Uh, because you know, it gives it, it gives him more chops, doesn't it? It means that he can. Uh... He can just kind of practice all the time. It is very cool. I'd love to play this video. It's a couple of minutes long, but I don't think I'll bother at the moment. But it's a, it's a very nifty uh, way. I mean, what he's very good at as well is taking, he uses granular synthesis a lot. So he can just kind of go uh, into a mic and it will turn into this sort of amazing vocal pad with granular. He does it later on in that video. If you go and watch that, I'll oh. put the link in the show notes. And it's pretty astonishing, really. So that's what he's very good at. He's, ma- he's good at making something out of nothing mm. from a sound. So just creating something that gives it a rhythmic aspect, and then he's off. You know, and that's that's what's so so brilliant, absolutely amazing. There are some more videos in that series as well. There's uh, uh, oh gosh, what's uh, Jeremy Ellis does one as well, Um, and and he and. And actually, the, the one thing that, that really struck me about that, I, I don't, won't play that. The Jeremy Ellis one, he, he casually mentions that he's basically a concert-grade pianist, <laughs> which is why he's so bloody good. with You know, it's like, that's why he's so good. That's why there's nobody else who could do it quite like him.
0: Do we know if Mostly Robot is actually going to exist outside of the Sonar Festival? You know, is it actually... Are they going to keep... Are they going to... Uh,
1: I really be, don't know. I'd imagine they're such busy people, it's probably quite hard to get them together for long enough to... Put a show together, but I guess once they've done it once, it should be fairly easy for them to
0: reform. It's been quite a big positive reaction to it, so I mean, I think it would be wonderful. I think we, mm. we want, I'd love to see them.
1: Well, the thing that's so good about that is that you know it's got performers who know how to res- to, to work a crowd in in multiples, isn't it? You've got Tim Exile who apparently live is amazing and gets everybody involved and I think Jeremy Ellis is probably very similar. Jamie Liddell, I know, is a front man of, you know, I mean, you know. So, I mean, I'm sure there must be a considerable amount of uh, talent there. Maybe that could possibly be its downfall as well because, I mean, we are talking about three massive egos uh, mm. that need a lot of space to be able to do what they do. You know, maybe they cramp each other's style a bit. I mean, not in a bad way but just because they, take, they need all that space. I am completely Conjecturing on that as
0: well, obviously. But, but it's five. There's five of them in there as well, and yeah, you know, so must be quite a strange thing. And uh, I, I, reckon, well, I mean, well, I, I've seen Jamie Liddell a few times now, and he's a really entertaining guy to watch in concert. He sort of uh, he's he's so talented, but he he he's he's a funny guy as well, and he's you know I love seeing that within electronic. You know, quite often electronic musicians are just not fun <laughs> <laughs> not,
1: well particularly when you're talking about working with that sort of technology it's the you expect them to be the classic checking the email kind of gang don't you? they're all just kind of like this the whole time
0: uh, uh, jamie Lidell is just like a joker and he's just he pulls faces and does silly sort of slapstick sort of stuff on stage is <laughs> very funny
1: excellent excellent um yeah, so good fun. I mean, do Joe check out some of those other ones as well. Um, and and again, you know, I, I'm still, what I'm trying to find, and I, I've been sort of on at Native Instruments every time I meet them um, when you know, at, at shows or when they came down to show us the Z2, I really would like to have some quality time with a reactor expert. I just go, look, this is the kind of stuff you can do with it. Because um, I don't think people really know, and I don't, and I want to find out, but I don't want to have to learn how to do it to find out. Because yeah. I haven't got enough time in my life. But, yeah, brilliant one. A brilliant one. Right. Ah, okay. Now, this is, um, this is next.
4: Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's nice and early to get rocking here at Microsoft. Very excited to be here. Many reasons I'm excited to be here. One of them is because it's great to play for all of you and share some music. The other reason is because... They're unveiling some amazing technology, which makes my life as a musician that much more exciting. Today, I'm sitting, standing in front of a 27-inch screen, which I have a couple of my apps. In addition to being the keyboardist with Dream Theater, I'm also look uh, at the size of those with a screens. Called Wisdom Music, and uh, I'm really excited to bring a couple of my apps um, to this platform to Windows 8. And uh, I have Morphwiz and Tachyon. I won't play
1: at all. I mean, you know, we all know, um, as as uh, 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 as your head just put it in the chat room, Endorsemaster. He's kind of like the ninja of endorsement, and he's a really nice bloke. And uh, you know, it it, it it always makes people smile when they see him sort of plugging his wares because he seems to be everywhere. But I have been reading up about this a little bit, and you know, quite often his endorsements are really only. Um, because he's into it and is pushing the touch platform. He doesn't take money for it or anything of that kind of stuff. He just kind of is quite happy to go, this is cool, check it out. I imagine in the case of this um, Windows 8 thing, there might have possibly been some kind of uh, commercial transaction going on. At least I hope so, you know, because one doesn't do deals with um, the big corporations like that without uh, without some kind of benefits. But uh, really what was exciting about this was the concept of these the Windows 8 launch and these giant touchscreens because I think I wrote a little piece about it, about Microsoft needing musicians, you know, because, and and this is precisely why. I mean, I think it probably needs a broader range of musicians to push this as a platform. But the thought of being able to do some of this stuff on something outside of, you know, your 9.2-inch or whatever it is, iPad is what is quite interesting. And this is what is going to bring the the whole concept of touch, I think, into focus, particularly through music. I know, Gaz, you've kind of probably got some fair, you know, we do the Sonic Touch show, and the idea of us being able to do something on a 27-inch touchscreen is a bit more thrilling to me, you know, and also not being Apple. But I don't know whether or not it's going to get there yet because I did look at the the App Store and there's not an awful lot of music apps on there yet. But uh, what do you think? Is it going to go? Are they going to make it?
0: Well, watching the video of Jordan playing this big touchscreen playing MorphWiz, it, it looked to be latency-wise, looked to be quite responsive. So, I mean that that was quite a positive thing. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned when the iPad Mini came out, saying I want to see an iPad Maxi, and effectively that's what these things look like. Um, and I, I, I would be so excited to try some of the apps that I've that I really like on the iPad to expand that. I mean. Uh, a good one, I think, straight away that springs to mind would be the PPG generator, just because there's so much information and it's crammed into the small screen. So, you know, that uh, that would be great. But, I mean, really, uh, what I always like with the touch thing, I love polyphonic polyphonic after touch is just incredible. And uh, that's one of my favorite, favorite things of all that I've experienced with uh, touch screens. So to be able to sort of have... Um, you know, these, you know, long, really long travel for each note, you know, and being able to map various parameters along each single note, uh, I think it'd be amazing. You know, I mean, if you were doing it on such a big screen, you could get such beautiful, detailed, subtle things going on there. Um, so I think the musical applications are, are huge with the bigger, with the bigger platform. Well, and also, Sorry.
1: No, carry on. I mean, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's absolutely critical that they are, because as I put in my piece, you know, I think. Musical applications are what basically drove the iPad sales because people could go check this out, and people go, "Wow, that's amazing!" because it's something they can relate to. And Microsoft needs to do the same thing. But I mean, imagine you know the the thought of interface design. You know, there's been all these problems that have to be solved just from the touch paradigm. But now being able to break out of this tiny little box, you know, whatever resolution you still your finger still covers up X, you know, this much of the screen on a screen, you know, 27 inch touchscreen. I guess the resolution is going to be. No more than 1080, probably, but pretty astonishing. I mean, Dave, you must find. I mean, you haven't done a, a, um, any musical instrument apps, but you must be thinking about the interface side of it from a point. I mean, would, wouldn't this, wouldn't this be quite liberating from a developer point of view to be able to have all of this real estate to work with?
2: Absolutely. I think everything that Gaz says is absolutely spot on, particularly with Poly Aftertouch. You know, I've sourced the Kurzweil MIDI board. Purely because it had polyphonic aftertouch, because it does give that kind of expression, and this is a very interesting and different way of looking at it.
1: Um, Redwalk says in the chat room, um, you know, what about uh, is there going to be a future music disease of uh, canalys carpi syndrome due to touch monitors? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that depends very much on... Uh, I think
2: we've be a lot of cold spread around. There? A lot of cold,
1: yeah, and also you know the other thing is, is in 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 terms of you know hot sweaty gigs, it's going to be quite hard to be precise. But yeah, okay, so maybe it's not going to work for live. But I mean, in terms of a studio kind of, you know, well, I, I, a giant touchscreen. If I'd love to have something like this, I mean, I've got this switching device that I do on my iPad. I'd be, it'd be great to have a much bigger screen with all this more stuff. But I don't know how much is going to be coming along. I, I did. I have got an inside um, contact in in the Microsoft. Windows eight kind of music app department you know who 's basically saying he 's working with other well known brands which have some music apps out for windows eight uh, in the remaining months of the year uh, altogether it 'll show you that the current Windows software still works fine, but on top of that, they now have a really great touchscreen app story for tablets, laptops, hybrids, all the way through to big screens, which does sound a bit like marketing speak, but you know it is and but I think it 's quite it could be quite thrilling if they could only you know, break out of the the sort of slightly square corporate image and start to bring in some kind of cool... They need to go, basically, and bung some money at the really hot music app developers, I think, for iOS and say, look, come and do some of this stuff over here as well.
2: The One bun- thing I found very, very strange on that uh, video is that, on one hand, Jordan, who I know is a nice guy and all the rest of it, uh, was kind of extolling the virtues of this, but... Essentially, he was using a kind of fake pedal steel sound, which was almost enough to make me turn off. But all his... When he went back to his kind of whittle-whittle, it was all on a keyboard. So it kind of... It didn't really... You know, I want to see somebody use it in a kind of new and exciting way. And in a way... We should return to the kind of Tim Exile type vibe, really.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, but do you, I mean, you know, you, can you imagine? You know, uh, yeah, we got the build conference. It's it's last Monday at two at two o'clock, uh, at, at nine thirty in the morning or whatever. Um, yeah, we haven't quite finished the app build yet. Hold on, no, I think we've got a final working beat. You, know, you know what I mean? You can just imagine yeah, yeah. what was going on behind the scenes there to get. It. I mean, I may be wrong, but you know,
3: the, the Tim Exile thing is the key to it actually, because Tim Exile spent two years learning his. System, so he's, so he's basically come up with a way of making music that he's kind of created himself. So, what you need to find is musicians that are willing to learn their skill on that system. So, for example, okay. if I want to do like uh, touch sensitivity on that, when I when I press the touch on the screen, depending on what my fingertips are doing, there's no reason why you can't uh, take. The information about how much finger presses on the screen and use that as a musical expression. So whoever learns to use that system needs to uh, needs to. I mean, in, in the same way that George Rodriguez has spent years and years and years and years and years practicing that whittle stuff, so he can do it on a keyboard yeah. because he's been doing it for years. Whoever needs to herald the uh, new musical expression on touch screens needs to have spent enough time doing it that they can show what it's capable of doing because we all know what it's capable of but none of us have put the practice in to make it possible if that makes it well that's where i think
1: i i don't know that's where i think some of these instruments you know like the um what's the uh, the jim Hines one that you like gaz the uh in SynthX would go well on it, um, and as would Loopy, as would MIDI. You know, the the ones that we've kind of found ourselves and gone, oh, these are really cool. You know, as would a number of other devices. You know, as th- there are there are lots of apps that you think if they just had bigger screens and were able to kind of like grow, and so you had more responsive areas, then yeah. it would work. So that, I, that's what I mean about them. Because otherwise,
3: you're just going gonna- you noticed- to. Have you noticed though if i mean you've all got kids, so have you noticed like after your kid's been playing on like an iPod touch or on an iPhone and they go to do something else that has a screen have you, i mean I've noticed touch, that yeah. my seven year old will go and touch the screen and then yeah. expect it to do something, so I think we need to see those touch screens appearing on more things, so I need to see a touch screen on my laptop that works in the same way as my iPhone. And I don't care if it's a Windows laptop or a Mac laptop. I just want to see that technology turning up on other things, so that so that developers get a sense that ah, oh, it's on this thing, it's commonplace. Let's do some development for it. I mean, why can't I have Logic uh, running on my MacBook? with a touch screen, and then I just reach out and I touch all the knobs. Why do I have to go back to that I can control one thing at a time with a mouse, or maybe if I can remember the key commands, I can start doing some stuff with key commands. Why can't I just reach out, touch the screen, and turn several knobs at once? That's that's where it needs to go. Yeah. And then... You know, if it's a musical instrument on a computer, then why can't I just reach out and do a whole load of stuff that makes a difference to what the music's doing? And then, you know what, let's have some sensors between the screen and the keyboard so that in that three-dimensional physical space... I can wave my arms around in the air over the keyboard, you know like the d beam thing well, that um, what was what was that, that um like
1: that? there is something isn't there? I've forgotten what it's called now We did cover it that 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 just kind of you wait, you can use your fingers oh,
3: yeah, yeah, I know what you
1: mean. i mean I let's combine six, it all, right. fantastic yeah. yeah. I can see Gaz is agreeing there <laughs> wholeheartedly, <laughs> but it does see it does it does really seem like you know this this could be a massive opportunity because I mean you know it, it's great that Apple are all of these things, but in some ways I you know after a last um, a last week or the week before where we were all a bit sort of down at the fact that Apple had become all a bit smug and corporate, and Microsoft have traditionally been in that role, and Apple were the underdog coming up, beneath now Apple are actually you know God knows how many times bigger in terms of gross wealth. Maybe it's time for Microsoft to kind of go, right, what we need is to hire a load of really cool people, get them to do this cool stuff, bung some money at it and make ourselves cool because this stuff, uh, you know, I mean, because frankly, editing spreadsheets and stuff like that on these things is not really going to be the way forward. There is, um, I just want to play this quickly because this is the sort of uh, the, the surface aspect, which is slightly different. But I mean, this is quite... This is kind of capturing the the idea of it being cool and groovy, but we need these applications. They need to be music, and they need to be absolutely kind of bang on. And this is this is quite a. This has been on British TV um, quite a lot recently. It looks like a lovely piece of design, really does. Those children are very weird. Right, I'm not going to play it all because I'll probably get busted by the uh, copyright police. But you know, that's what we—you know—that that essentially that's kind of the energy that the ad is encapsulating. But they just need more. They need some of these. You know, they need to get these. These kind of audio bus people, they need to get the kind of app developers just on board. Otherwise, it's going to fall flat on its face. As far as I reckon, I can
0: I can see any thoughts. No, absolutely, you're right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I think what's made the iPad thing and uh, iOS world quite interesting is that people have just been able to develop relatively simply. So, you know, most of the best apps are all created by just one person, or you know. Uh, and that's what they need to have, really, that kind of thing. It's a kind of almost like a, you know, the iOS thing has actually cultivated quite a grassroots style. Exactly. That. And the smart thing yeah, to do yeah.
1: would be to create a bloody app, an, um, an OSX app development environment for Windows
0: applications. <laughs> for Porting iOS across. Uh, really? Yeah. That would
1: be the smart thing to do. I mean, I,
0: I can't imagine that would happen, but, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, it is that thing, though. I think the cool stuff.
3: Um, I mean, it's, sorry. It's in, oh, sorry, I'm interrupting, but I've just remembered something, and it's interesting you should say about porting iOS to uh, PC. But there is a program which I found on the internet the other day, which will allow you to run iApps on a Windows PC or on Mac OS X. And I discovered it the other day, and it runs like games and stuff like that. So, I mean, if that's possible, there's no. Re- I can remember what it's called actually, because
0: what what I was going to say, you see, is I guess that a lot of these interesting developers who have done things on iOS, whether they've got the resources and the time to port them across, is probably unlikely in in many respects. But uh, and it would be a shame because you know to see these wonderful apps getting wider usage, you know, I'd be really up up for. Well, that's what I mean.
1: But I mean, a company the size of Microsoft um, must have some resources that they could put into that, into solving that problem. And actually, that's what I mean. I think it's all well spending, you know, the millions and millions of quid on glossy TV ads. But really, it's got, you know, as I've said, it's the music sector that drives a lot of the cool factor of these things. And I think it's massively undervalued by um, corporate developers. You know, corporate hardware makers. They don't. They don't get it. You know, and I, I can see that perhaps Microsoft aren't quite getting it yet.
3: Anyway. Oh, here we go. Oh, well, right, Mark. I've, I found it. So, so if you do a Google this, I can't remember what the URL is, but it's called BlueStacks App Player.
1: BlueStacks App. Player. Right, let's player. It.
3: and it's in alpha at the moment and it plays It basically you load it in and it, and you just drop your iApps in there and it will run them That's so weird. I was going to do it the other day because I wanted to run Minecraft on my computer because I got fed up of trying to do it on the iPhone
1: BlueStacks um, App Player yeah there
3: you go uh, so runs there's a... apps
1: from your phone fast and full screen on Windows and Mac over 5 million people around the world use let's have a quick look BlueStacks comes to a Mac let's see what that does
2: get a bit bigger
1: uh yeah i got it Uh, that doesn't mean anything that's just a corporate bit of uh advertising well well keep an eye on that i'll check that out but that um um they already as as i said they already do that uh, in terms of they put a massive amount of money into windows 8 app devs and that's true but i think perhaps traditionally they would be putting that into the office and the corporate thing and it's clear with the you know the the way that they're targeting these is they want to go for your regular folks not business users
0: Hmm. So do we know about the Surface, the, the underlying architecture then? I mean, there's like two versions of uh, Windows 8, isn't there? Then there's the, the, there's the more traditional one, and then there's and the there's
1: one. That's the RT. Yeah, I've got the specifications for Surface here. Uh, it's a 10.6 uh, Full HD display. Uh, uh, let's have a look. It's got uh, 64 gigs or 128 gigs of RAM. I'm not quite sure what it's got. With well, that storage, what the actual, oh, ah, 4 you know, gigs, uh, it's a third generation Intel Core i5 processor with 4 gigs of RAM. Wow. Jesus, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive oh. for, for, yeah. for that kind of thing.
0: And then, so, like Microsoft's equivalent to Core Audio, I mean, it used to be like DirectX, Listen, I'm not sure what, what it is now, I don't know if anyone can help me out there. I and, think
3: it's still called DirectX.
1: It RT is. is the like the closed uh, iOS. It's the same kind of concept, but that, you know, no no big difference. But what's interesting, um, it's got two seven hundred and twenty HD live cams, front and rear. It's got a full size USB three slot, micro SDXC headset jack, nice. uh, mini Display Port. There is, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much they are. Um, that's all the stuff we wanted to see on the iPad, really. Isn't it, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, I should probably check. Anyone can perhaps find out how much they cost. Uh, I don't think that the, that, the,
2: the basic was four nine nine, wasn't it? Pounds. The Very basic. Uh, that was dollars. Right. So I watched the. Uh, what was it? It was a. It was a review that was linked
0: through Engadget.
1: Oh yeah, the Engadget one. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking to see if I've got a.
0: So I mean, just in terms of like the USB port. I mean, the the the, the new generation of ipad hasn't even got has got the new lightning connector on so if you want to connect it to any of your kind of studio kit you're having to kind of come out of the lightning i it's just it's it's become almost impossible at the moment Whilst well i, I wonder uh,
1: whether or not this is a this again is another opportunity isn't it you know as microsoft could actually you know by just going look here it is it's all there just go do your best rather yep. than, no, it's all ours. Don't touch that. You need a special yeah. connector. You can't have your own power. You maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe this isn't going to happen with this one, but maybe, you know, someone's going to learn that this is actually the best way to go in terms of encouraging people to open it up. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm feeling a bit utopian here, but uh, I'm just looking for the price in the UK. Uh, it's, it's, I've got lots of spam articles that ah 479 for the 32-gig I mean, model with a, without, uh, with a touch cover and 559, uh,
0: yeah. I'm rooting for Microsoft here. I can't believe I'd even say that. But no, I mean, it's it, funny, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Apple, you know, I really am so cheesed off with them. So. Well, we
1: just want someone to give them a bit of a shock, really, and just sort of make them uh, come back yeah, from where they're going, really, I think.
0: Come on, you know, be helpful to people.
1: Still, um, I s- I'm, I'm well. I'm hoping that you know that this will uh, this will actually you know this is a great opportunity. So let's let's hope so. I mean that's that's what I'm hoping, and you know it, you think, I feel it's a positive. Yes, Mark.
3: Don't you think that what made the iPhone kind of cool was that lots of DJs started turning up and using it to make music. And then there was that cute little Japanese girl band that made a single and it was all made on the iPhone. My we kept point hearing like, iPhone, precisely. IPhone, iPhone, iPhone music and yeah. and everybody kind of got it into their mind that actually I could buy an iPhone and I could use it to make a record. And you can. So yeah. what, what needs to happen is Microsoft needs to create that kind of culture by taking somebody really cool And creating a few little – they just need to invest a whole lot of money into some art projects that are going to be high-profile enough that people talk about it in that way like, hey, have you seen this new Microsoft RT thing? It's all came out of that and only costs X amount of bucks.
1: Uh, Yep, and it just reaffirms my kind of, you know, my thinking that really that's what it needs to do. Music needs to drive it. And it's great, you know, which is great. It's it's great that it actually is – Yeah that, you know, music is is so powerful, and music creating is just fantastic. But let's, you know, maybe somebody sometime will see it. I mean, you know, and that's, it's the same thing as Max. Max were adopted by creatives, by music makers and by graphic artists. I, th- I
2: think it boils down to, in a lot of cases, there has to be a philosophy behind something. So if you've got a scene that goes on that's kind of based around something, and we go back to this kind of Tim Exile thing, you know, he spent two years doing that because... He needed it to do exactly what he wanted it to do. So it was shaped around him and what he desired as opposed to the other way around, which sometimes can happen when you deal with companies. I did a whole uh, Roland Microsoft GS Developers Conference years ago, and it was pretty appalling because you could tell that everybody was there to basically brown-nose Roland or Microsoft. So yeah. they never got a real picture of anything. they just got a load of guys going, hey, you're great, here's my card kind of thing.
1: Yeah, Or actually, yeah. just
2: get out of that whole scene and go and discover something that's going on on the kind of grassroots level.
1: Yeah. Then you'll become cool. Well, that's a challenge, isn't it? And, uh, I, I mean, I, I, the thing is, I don't know that a, a company with such a kind of structure or, you know, as Microsoft, that's very engineer-based... Is going to have even have the people around who could find the person to do that. You know, that, that, how are they going to even hire someone who does that because they don't—they're not necessarily in that mindset in the first place. It's going to take some some fairly radical Im, influence to for them to get that right. Whereas, as uh, um, as you had in the chat room said, you know, Apple just have a better marketing department.
3: Apple were cleverer at giving stuff away though, weren't they? They used to give <laughs> computers to everybody. I mean, literally, or, I mean, anybody that was making a major blockbuster movie, they'd just hand them a whole load of laptops, and they'd end up featuring in the movie. So the amount of movies you see where this Apple-logoed computer happens to be sitting on a desk, like, think of, like, Minor- Minority Report or things like that, and they're just would kind of hand computers out yeah, product so placement.
1: Product. It's Microsoft the same thing. It, it can't do that though. It's, can pro, they? it's product placement.
3: An operating system and not a product.
1: Yeah. Well, no, they have because they are making the the surface. Microsoft Surface.
3: Right, so they just need to start giving it to people. So, and well, I, think I agree. They start with us. I think here we go, right, right
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love, I would love to be. I mean, I, I would, I would. I mean, I would really love to be able to go on Sonic Touch and just kind of go, look, we've just had this in it's, yeah. and and to be able to show something very cool on it. I mean, I don't know if there is anything very cool to show on it at the moment. Desperate
0: I mean, to do it, I really want to get some distance from Apple. So you know, please,
1: <laughs> let's do it. You know, well, we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, well, we'll have to see what, what transpires, um, but yeah. Any, anyway, um, time's marched on, and it's uh, pretty much time for us to say goodbye, because I've got to uh, get all of this back online and um and go and make sure the server hasn't fallen over in the meantime. So I want to say thank you very much to all our guests. Uh, a very interesting discussion, and I think uh, we've covered some good topics this week. And great to see you there, Dave, in your new room. And the and the fact that the uh, internet is holding up, that's just absolutely fantastic. So That's amazing,
2: isn't it? The fastest I've got out of it is like one on a 179 or something on a download so yeah Who, who's your provider bt but i am kind of I, i'm in the wilds up up here
1: ah so you're at the end of the line but they're probably not traffic shaping so
2: they said well the engineer came yesterday and i was like i really need it for tomorrow because we have got this thing and he said uh i can't really do anything about that but what you do is you give it five days and then you call them and say can you turn it up please because at home i was getting 20, 20 megs but right. yeah
1: yeah, no. at the end of the line, Are you on Infinity? No, I don't dear, know. So that's I just what you took need.
2: A years contract out, knowing that it wasn't going to last a year, as it were. Oh, wow. Well.
1: Anyway, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. G4 thank Software, you. do check out their fine instruments and uh, Reason um, rack extensions and the like. And also say uh, thank you very much to Gaz Williams uh, at Gaz Goldstar or SongSurgeon.co.uk. Thank you for joining us, Gaz.
0: Yeah, can I just a little question? Actually, if anyone can help me here, I've just done this website now, and I've done it on Wix after Dave told me about it. Uh, but I'm just using the free account at the moment. And has anyone done that? Has anyone? Is it Because it's really slow when you try and load the page up. Because, so if you upgrade it, does it improve the?
2: Does it oh, actually, I don't know. I've kept the I kept the freebie one on mine, and it seems okay. Oh, Unless okay. they're getting tons and tons and tons of users now and it's all starting to slow down.
0: Yeah, so that was just, just a little qu- a query. Wondering they, do do this,
3: um, they do a dynamic kind of thing on the server, don't they? It's like a dynamic cloud thing, and I think it slows down, doesn't it? So maybe if you paid, they might put you on a different... Uh,
1: priority box. Ah.
3: I mean, okay. that's, I have exactly the same problem with my. I'm, I'm with EUK host, and it used to be really fast, and then they changed to this dynamic cloud system thing, and now.
1: Oh, there you I go. Once,
3: you've, once somebody's loaded the first page, in other words, once it's told the server that it needs some bandwidth, I think it's start. Then your other pages should load fairly quickly. It's just that initial bit, isn't it? Do you find that or?
0: looking good, Gaz? I don't
3: yeah, think, think that's too slow. Very good. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, there's, and also all the kind of, like, I put a forum on there and I put like a a Tumblr feed, but none of those worked on the. Uh, i
1: don't know about that you like, i
0: okay. um,
1: will have to uh, I, I might be able to have a look at it for you but
0: yeah, um, i was just wondering if any other users that if anyone else listeners had used it or new but that, that was cool thanks anyway that was there uh,
1: okay all right well cheers then and i uh, will also say thank you very much to mr mark tinley over there uh, likebeing.com, or neo waltz as he's now going to be uh, go and check out his brother's work you've you've <laughs> seen the light it's it's three four over four four i have
3: seen the light yeah absolutely I am. Everything. They they were all doing this actually.
1: <laughs> is that is that yeah They've is that the, the sign?
3: Oh, that way. I need to go that way. Yeah. Everybody in the audience kept doing this, and then Adam kept saying, "We are Neo Waltz," and sticking three fingers up like that, and then everyone else was doing it. So branding. I was thinking, wow, it's branding, this is isn't it? Really cool, because it's like a whole it's a whole movement, it's not just music it's like music, a dance and then a whole culture and you should check out the model that he's uh, got singing with him as well because she's absolutely gorgeous and she um, she, I think she danced with Coldplay at the end of the Paralympics or something, her name's Victoria Modesta.
1: Ah, I've heard of her right, here we go, I'm just, I'm going to play a bit That sounds like 3-4 Something's going to happen in a minute. Here we go. Oh, cool.
2: Forget the pen is the laptop And I can't stop And I won't stop
1: man that is a head
3: that that yeah i like that that's great are you hear it like you hear it like four four in a way it's got it's got got a sort of dance to it it's like no hang on there's something it's got a kind of dubstep
1: vibe isn't it half tempo kind of thing well check it out neo-waltz.com anyway that is sonic talk number 290 over and out thank you very much for listening